This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to another solo one-man show here with The Varsity um, podcast, a product of um, The Record North Shore, your friendly nonprofit news website. Um, here in the New Trier area, uh, covering all the way from Wilmette to Highland Park um, and everywhere in between. So uh, on this podcast, we talk about a lot of things um, related to high school athletics up in this area, sometimes on youth sports. Right now we're in the midst of football season. We're right in the, the teeth of it. Um, exciting stuff back and forth, and we're going to have some some highs and lows in today's podcast because uh, it was a tough Friday night um, in one place, and it was a, a wonderful Friday, Friday night in another. Um, so we're going to run through all that for you um, right here. Um, don't forget to um, subscribe and like our podcast, rate it. Um, you can find it anywhere podcasts are um, given. You can search the record news and sports to find it. Um, I thought I think also it'll, get, it'll come up with the varsity as well. So check that out, listen up, and uh, of course on our social media channels, we plug this um, podcast as well. Usually I do this with my counterpart, uh, Michael Dwojak, who's a reporter with Shaw um, and the Friday Night Drive. Um, he's still on his honeymoon and out of town, so congrats, enjoy it. And if, um, well, I'm sorry, if you, if you don't like the one-man show, I'd blame, I'd blame Michael personally. So <laughs> we're going to jump in here, we're going to jump into the first quarter, um, I'm going to give you... Um, a recap of the games and break it down from what I saw, what I read. I've got all my notes prepared in front of me. And I got to tell you, I, I don't know if I have stopped at least uh, thinking about what happened on Friday night in Northfield to the new Trier Trevians. Uh, just an absolute heartbreaker, stunner, shocker, uh, all those superlatives and more. It was brutal um, for the home team. Um, I, it's really, and this is a, uh, a reporter talking. Uh, I'm sure the the coaches and, and some fans who are closer and, of course, the players might have some different words to share with you about what happened there. But uh, basically, the Nutria Trevian's up 10 points with four minutes to go. Um, let, saw that we lead, you know, bleed away. Um, they gave up one touchdown and an onside kick and then another touchdown in pretty quick succession to lose that lead in a game they had very well in pocket. And not just that. But a game that was a great victory up until that point, that was a important win in terms of the win-loss record, in terms of the team's morale, in terms of who they're going to be this season, who we thought they could be, and uh, it got taken away from them. Um, you know, Coach Dahl said after the game he doesn't believe the better team won. Um, I guess your record says who you say who 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 you are, but uh, I, I tend to agree. Uh, they had that game won. They played better on that day for. Uh, three and a half quarters uh, of the four quarters and um, unfortunately it wasn't enough to come home with a victory um, breakdowns on the defensive end of the football certainly the breakdown on the onside kick coverage um, looked like um, you know Trevians were a little tentative on that kick maybe they didn't have the right layout either it looks like they were a little undermanned where prospect kicked the ball and um in terms of prospect picking up yards, they got a sophomore quarterback who just made big plays and big throws, um, but his receivers were open too. Um, and um, the, uh, the two scoring touchdowns in that fourth quarter that, that brought him all the way back to take the lead, 
um, the receiver was was wide open on crossing routes. Um, probably, you know, um, I guess you would call him a, a post right across the face of the defender um, over to the middle of the field. Not, not a true crossing route, but certainly kind of like a mix with a post. And uh, wide open, and he hit him in stride, and it, it was touchdown both around 15 yards or so. Um, and, it, you know, they also picked up a long third down on one of those. I believe a fourth down on one of those possessions, and um, yeah, that lead just went away. So it's it's a tough one for the Nutria Trevians. They fall to one and two. Um, picked up a big victory in week two against Yorkville, and it sure looked like they were going to get to two and one. You know, in my opinion, right where they need to be in this non-conference slate, um, they can still recover from a one and two start, but a two and one start, I I just felt with this difficult schedule put them in a in a nice position going forward um, for this front-loaded schedule um, one that uh, they can surely manage and, and maybe now now that window of opportunity um, or that margin for error is really tight really tight because Barrington and Maine South are your next two games Barrington is undefeated um, they beat Warren they beat Prospect by three four scores uh, and they beat uh, Glenbrook North, your other rival in the division. So um, this is a very good Barrington team. Um, maybe not uh, a top 10 team. I think maybe there they're overrated, but they're certainly better than last year. And I would say certainly they have the resume that's better than the Trevians right now. So the Trevians are going to have to do something special on the road, and we'll talk about that in the fourth quarter. But um, a really difficult loss, and you know we can read some of these quotes um, from Coach Dahl. Um, really tough one for our team. This one's going to hurt for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. I I have not seen a comeback like that in, in un, um, unexpected, un, improbable comeback like that in a long time on a Friday night. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to sting, you know, like I said, Barrington and Maine South got next on the docket, so they got to pick up their pieces quick. You know, some good signs. Another huge play from um, from running senior running back Jackson McCary. He took the second, I think it was the second snap, about 70, 73 yards uh, for a touchdown. He's got that breakaway speed um, and get him in space. He's really difficult. Um, a, couple, a few other nice plays on the day for him, but, again, it was a, a constant issue with um, – with pressure, that offensive line not really dominating the line of scrimmage, uh, maybe here and there, but not on a consistent basis. Um, defense played really well up until the end. Um, I couldn't tell you what exactly was were the hiccups except breakdowns. You know, was it uh, the play calling? Was it the um, um, I, you know you you hope it's not the effort, but was it uh, fatigue in any way? Um, they got a lot of guys that, who go both ways. I don't know, um, but for a lot of the the, the game they were playing. Really strong defense. Um, their super kicker, Nutria's super kicky, kicker, Nikki Duganzik, uh, um, kicked uh, two more field goals, including a 49-yarder. Yes, a 49 with probably Marty, the the reporter, and I estimate about seven yards to spare, I'd say. Uh, maybe maybe five, but um, uh, just a booming kick um, and had it uh, without too much stress. He also hit a 31-yarder on the day. Um you know, Nutria also scored in the fourth quarter. Um, you saw Miles Kremskoli uh, get another score, their their highlight real wide receiver, um, on a nice little out. 
Uh, it looked like an, uh, an in and out, uh, I should say an up and out by um, Carmascoli and then um, over the top from Patrick Hennigan, the quarterback for the touchdown. So uh, that was with five, six minutes left. And then they got a stop on defense after that. And they still couldn't hold on to the lead. So a lot of things in this were very, very devastating. Um, and they're going to have to play through. They got a quick turnaround on Thursday. So tough one for the Trevs. Um, we're going to go other, over to um, another uh, exciting game. And this one with a little, with a big uh, difference in the ending, a happy ending for um, our home team This in this game, the Highland Park Giants. Outlasted the um, the uh, Rolling Meadows Mustangs in a, a real slobber knocker. Yes, I used it. Um, call it what you will. Um, uh, shootout, slugfest. Um, this was this was certainly that. Um, as the teams kind of jockeyed back and forth, trading touchdowns, um, both uh, in the air and on the ground. And then um, Highland Park took over in the second half. It was. Uh, you know, in those games, somebody's got to seize um, and uh, seize a moment, and somebody's got to blink first. And seizing the moment was Highland Park, um, scoring a couple touchdowns in a row to get that 14-point lead um, in the second half that they held on to just by seven, winning that football game, uh, 42 to 35. That puts them at two and one, kind of in an opposite position as Nutrier uh, for Highland Park. They consider their schedule as well equally tough before they get into the meat of their. Conference slate, and of course, four straight seasons of a four and five record. Highland Park's really trying to get back to the postseason. They've got the experience to do it. They've got a lot of talent, um, and they're really focused on it, uh, as well as competing for the for the conference crown. So, two wins early will certainly put them in a nice position to do that. With Conan on the docket next in week um, in week five in week four. Um, but a big, big day for quarterback, senior quarterback, David Finn for, um, he, uh, threw for 360 yards while running for 140 more and two scores also threw two touchdowns, 26 of 37 passing. Um, so just a really incredible day for Finn for, um, just winging the ball over the field while also some big runs. He had a huge, uh, long run for them as well. Um, and just a special day on the field for him, and he wasn't the only one. Nico Rosenblum caught nine balls for 81 yards. Johnny Walker continued his impressive season. He had 113 receiving yards and a 99-yard kick return touchdown. And uh, Nick Blumer had six more catches. Blummer for uh, Nick Blummer for six, six for 78 and a score. Uh, everybody was getting it done for for the Giants on the offensive end, and and the defense did enough down the stretch to hold Rolling Meadows off. Um, and uh, they picked up their second win. So um, quite a special night um, for the Giants on their home field. Uh, the Giants faithful surely got a show uh, with score after score in that one. Um, the Giants actually took, they were they were down in that game 14-0, um, and they came back and they took their first lead after a safety. I think it was like 22-21, uh, and then they added a touchdown from Finfer to take a one-score lead, and they kind of went back and forth until Highland Park took a two-score lead and then held on um, for that 42-35 victory. So um, huge win for them. I think certainly something they could build off. You know, coming off a tough loss in Week 2 to rival Deerfield, in which um, they were visibly upset by it. It came with kind of a tough um, official decision on a recovered onside kick or a what looked like a recovered onside kick. Kind of a lot of things that... 
they could carry with them throughout the week and think about, especially against their rivals, that loss in week two. Um, they shrugged it off and put on a show on Friday night and came out with a big victory, uh, an important week to, victory to get them to 2-1. And, one. and uh, I see some more wins on their schedule, so uh, kudos to the Giants for that one. Um, out of town, uh, down on the south side of Chicago, Loyola made their trip, their third straight road game to, to start the season, um, and they went to Marist. Uh, kind of a first test of a local opponent. Um, they took care of business um, in, you know, a couple hours away in Grand Rapids against Catholic Central in a unique matchup. They took care of business against Naperville North, although in kind of a not a knock them out game for, for the Ramblers. They had two defensive scores that were parallel in those games, uh, in that game. Um, this one, Ryan Fitzgerald, who hurt himself, uh, who got hurt in week two. We weren't sure if he'd suit up. He certainly did. And he put on uh, an impressive performance, 13 of 21 passing for 225 yards. It was, uh, he, he scored a touchdown um, through the air. It was a, and, and on the ground, by the way, um, it was a really tight game early. Um, I think actually the Ramblers went down that first score 7-0. Uh, first touchdown that defensive unit, the first string, has given up all year. Uh, and that's what Marist ended with. Um, so Loyola took a slim lead into halftime, 10-7, and then they added 24 points in the second half. So 34 unanswered points for the Ramblers to kind of just blow the doors off the Red Hawks on their home turf, on the Red Hawks' home turf Um on Friday night to get their second win. Uh, really impressive second half for them. Um, we had more, another big showing for that defense, especially showing up after the, uh, the touchdown um, from, from Marist, uh, just really responding to that. Kenny Langston grabbed an interception. And on the ground, uh, Loyola scored on a run by Fitzgerald, 12 yards. McPherson punched one in from two yards. Finn Miller also had a two-yard touchdown. Uh, Mike Mikey Baker continued his dominant kicking season. We have some of the best kickers around here in the North Shore. I know I keep saying that, but you really should pay attention. He kicked another 44-yarder, uh, um, uh, another 40-yarder, 40, I should say. This one was 44 yards. He's been uh, incredibly impressive so far this year. Um, Quinn Herbert had an interception, an outside linebacker. Um yeah, just just uh, an incredible performance um, for for Loyola after going down seven zero, and uh, they certainly look like um, this was a big this was a big one because uh, you know this we we kind of have seen anyone in the Catholic League is a big win, but we knew Marist was good. They beat Brother Rice. They went toe to toe with Glenbard West. We knew they were pretty good. We know they have the reputation of being a, a difficult, tough team especially on the defensive end. And, and um, the Ramblers showed out here and really took it to them in the second half. It's important um, for them to do that. McPherson um, added four catches for 120 yards, 29 yards, by the way. He, he was kind of bottled up on the rushing game, but, but made his presence known in the passing game, which he's been known to do. Um, so this was just a big game for them. Um, they moved to 3-0. and uh, They're ranked in the top three um, Hard-pressed not to call them the best team. In fact, the only reason they're not is because Mount Carmel beat them. I would think, by most people's opinions, they're not the best because Mount Carmel beat them in like week nine of last year. Um, I think they're going to go toe-to-toe again in uh, week nine. Um, it's set up that way. Mount Carmel's winning, Loyal's winning, going to be another good one in my opinion. Um, but they got brother rights at home again. Not many games, not any games you can overlook 
in the Chicago, uh, in the Catholic uh, League. So uh, they got to be ready to play, but they make their uh, their debut on Horster Field, on their home field, this Saturday. So going in with a 3-0 record um, after that big win at Marist. And I'll, I'll kind of look at those games in, in, in the final quarter. Okay, so we talked a lot of uh, football, football, football. Going to jump over to some other sports, just share some highlights uh, of what we got going and maybe some... Uh, some uh, well, uh, some kudos to some other big performances. Let's start um, with Ben Crane, um, who had uh, quite a performance at the uh, Hinsdale Red Red Devil Invite um, on September second. Um, he ran the three mile race in fourteen minutes fifty five seconds. Yeah, sub fifteen uh, for that three mile race for Nutrier. He won the race. Nutrier finished uh, second overall for that with Atticus Miller and Felix Hexter uh, going thirteen fourteenth. Um, respectively, uh, but just uh, an incredible job by Ben Crane. Um, he's a, a junior, I believe, and, and making his a name for himself in a long line of, um, of distance runners uh, for the Trevians. Um, he is certainly starting to stand out and make a name for himself uh, right here. We can look for him to be at the head of a lot of races here in the fall. Um, but uh, so remember that name, Ben Crane. Also in that same race, same race um, Highland Park's two top trotters, uh, Nate Weiner and uh, Brian Hodum, um, finished six and seven. Um, so they, they put Highland Park in fourth place. Highland Park's got a great uh, cross country program and they lead the way there. So great performances in that one. Um, let's see what else we got on the. Um, um, girls volleyball in the uh, local rivalry, Loyola top nutrier in straight sets. Uh, Madeline Thomas had nine digs. Riley Garrity had 14 assists uh, to help the, the Ramblers to the victory on September 7th. Um, kind of a big one for them um, as they navigate through the season, but they dominated that one um, at, on Nutrier's uh, home court. Um, and Nutria continued its winning ways uh, in soccer um, up until last night. By the way, I'll get to that in a second. But um, they beat Round Lake to win the Northside College Showcase. Uh, they undefeated in that tournament. They're kind of they co-host that tournament, and they kind of ran through their competition in that one to take the the um, the title. Aiden O'Neill uh, converted both of his penalty kicks uh, to kind of uh, to give Nutria that victory. All they needed for that win, um, Gail Morales out of the third goal, but um, that uh, undefeated record lasted until last night when another undefeated team, Glenbrook North, somebody who uh, they'll be fighting for the conference crown, and they're sure to be kind of sectional um, favorites, both those teams, Nutria and Glenbrook North. Glenbrook North got the best of Nutria 2-1, two, two, so um, definitely a, a conference rivalry to look out for as we go around the season, but those are just a couple highlights of some other sports um, that we're going to get into that uh, that happened while uh, while we were away, but uh, we're going to get into some um, looking ahead um, at this, uh, this week four of the uh, football season, the all-important week four, and it's a difficult one for Nutrier. Um, facing a Barrington team who's 3-0. Barrington was um, in a difficult spot last year, um, they made the playoffs, but five and four. But this is this is a perennial power um, in the state. Um, the Broncos uh, are are usually a seven win, eight win team, um, uh, six, seven, eight, I should say. Um, very good program, and it looks like they're back to uh, achieving that and competing for the uh, mid suburban league crown here. 
they beat Warren, who's always a good program, 40 to 33. Even Warren may have taken a step back this year. Uh, they dismantled Prospect, and that's the big one for New Trier because New Trier got had Prospect in their sights and lost lost the hold of them. Um, but they they the Broncos beat Prospect 49-14 and handled them. And they also beat Glenbrook South, another good team, um, even though Glenbrook South falls to 0-3. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. Glenbrook South has had a tough schedule to open the season, um, but um, they fall to 0-3. But um, they hung with them, but 27-19, Barrington took it. So Nutria's going to have to pick it up, man. That loss, um, I told you all about uh, the things I had to say about it uh, in the first quarter, about how difficult it has to be and how difficult it looked. Um, to recover from just because of how rare and um, improbable it was. Um, and so, you know, it's really losing a game that you had won. You had it in your pocket, and it slipped away somehow. And it's hard to figure out how, but you have to, you know, there's a couple ways, and however Brian Dole wants to handle it, Coach Dole, is um, you either dissect it so um, you need to dissect and fix things um, so they don't happen again, or you say, hey, we won that game. But we screwed up um, in the final two minutes. Maybe um, let loose in something or called bad plays. It's on all of us. I do think it's on everybody, including the coaching staff. And uh, we got to throw it in the trash and play like we did in the first three quarters. Um, I do know that um, against Barrington and against other teams, because Maine South comes right after that, um, Nutria is going to have to be more consistent on the offensive end. Yeah, in the past two games, we've scored points. We've gotten some big plays. But um, we haven't – we've had difficulties sustaining drives, staying on the field for a long time, um, getting it in a team's red zone and putting a lot of pressure on them in that area. I think they're going to have to do that on a consistent basis and find some other receivers to do that. Um, you know, it can't all go through Miles Kremenskoli um, and maybe get some more room for – Jackson McCary and Patrick Hennigan to get positive yards on the ground and maybe some other running guys, uh, rushers, uh, because they don't have consistent space. Uh, I'm sure there's some on Hennigan and McCary for their decision-making, but um, they don't have a ton of room to run. So let's work on putting them in positions to succeed um, because I think you're going to need to stay on the field longer against the Barrington, against the Main South, uh, to put yourself in a position to win those football games. I do think both... Both of those games are winnable. Um, I don't know if you'll be favored in those after giving that game away to Prospect, but uh, uh, it's possible. Um, you got the, you got the talent. I really think so. Uh, the defense has, has really stepped up to the plate other than the fourth quarter, the end of the fourth quarter last week. I've been impressed with the defense, especially with the play of middle linebacker Dylan Jeppy. Jaden Salazar had a good game. Their D-tackle, uh, Charlie Gardella, had a great game at the end. Um, and so did Franklin Zolato. So it's it's coming it's coming together on that defensive end uh, pretty nicely. But um, you, you don't want them on the field that much, and you want to keep your offense on the field. These are, these are obvious things, but I, I really think that uh, – um, they're going to need to find another reliable pass catcher, and they're going to need to get more consistent running gains, positive yardage, uh, to compete with Barrington and to try to upstage Barrington on the Broncos' home field. Um, it's going to be difficult to do. Um, 
I'll get you the prediction of that one in a minute. Um, so we're going to jump over to, uh, let's go to Loyola. Uh, Loyola's got Brother Rice. Um, Brother Rice, um, another power team in the Catholic League um, that has played a tough schedule so far this year. Uh, they took on Maine South um, in week one. They beat them by a field goal, just a... Um, uh, a tough slug fest there, and they got a field goal late, if I if I recall, and then um, kind of a, a different game. They went back and forth with Marist a little bit and took that loss, thirty to twenty four, uh, before coming on top of Saint Nasus with a pretty um, a pretty handy win, twenty eight six. So they're sitting at two and one um, on their home field uh, on a Saturday. The Ramblers, um, I don't know. I don't know how you pick against them in this one in any way. Um, Ryan Fitzgerald looks good, looks mostly healthy. Um, finding his receivers some more reliable, move the ball around well. Uh, that running game gets going, not just the running game, but kind of the uh, catches out of the backfield. Um, I just uh, like what this offense is becoming, especially in that second half. I think they can only build from here. Uh, you know, one thing I guess um, I really want to see um, would be, you know, Marist did a great job at halting that run game. So, um, I think from what I've read, um, from our reporter, Neil, and just watching some of the games, it seems like coach Destro wants to run the ball a lot. And he certainly has some guys to do that. Um, so let's similar to ensure we need to see more consistent, positive gains. It's just that Loyola can do it in other ways. Um, they're dangerous. You know, you stop the run, you haven't stopped Loyola. Um, they can pass it. Ryan Fitzgerald can get out of the pocket with his feet. They can do so many things at you, uh, throw so many things at you. Um, I would like to see McPherson go over 100 yards rushing, maybe even Finn Miller uh, join him. Or But Brother Rice is, is a stout defense. Um, I think they're going to put together, you know, they gave up 7 to Maine South, 6 to, I'm sorry, 10 to, Seven to Maine South, six to San Ignatius, uh, but they did give up 30 to Maris. So I expect another dominant performance from the Loyola defense on their home field, especially getting a couple turnovers, and I just expect that offense to keep getting better. So um, go Bullers in this one. Um, and the last one, Highland Park, um, going to be another close one. I, you know, Coach Anthony Kopp for Highland Park made a comment they're going to be in a lot of close games. It was after the Deerfield loss, and they got to learn how to win them. Um, I think that's going to be certainly the case with here. You, you saw it against Rolling Meadows in that last game. Um, I think we're going to see it here, too, against Conant. Um, Conant's sitting at two. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Conant's sitting at one and two. Uh, they lost to Lake Park. They um, beat Wheeling handily, but they lost to Deerfield handily. So I think uh, we're talking about relatively even matched programs just going by the scoring here. I haven't seen too much of Conant. Um, but I know that they can score a little bit. They put 41 up on Wheeling. They put 26 up on Deerfield. Uh, but so can Highland Park. They just put 45 points up on Meadows. So um, I just want to see uh, that consistent offense again like we just saw. David Finsford threw the ball 37 times. He's obviously the key to this offense and his decision-making. Is he going to run? Is he going to pass? Does he have the weapons? He does have the weapons. Johnny Walker's having an incredible season. Um, as, uh, as their go-to guy so far, Anthony Blummer is as reliable as they come as a wideout. And Nico Rosenblum is the heck of the ball, catching the ball in the backfield. He was fine at it last year. I mean, good and effective. But this year he's taken that to a new level. Um, and I think that's going to continue to be just kind of the 
um, hallmark of this offense is they can also beat you in different ways if you take away the run game because the run game for Highland Park um, is good, not great. Um, it, you you can stop it, I think, um, but um, that's going to leave some things open for for either a scramble, which I know is part of the run game, but you know a scramble from Finfer or a um, some of those dynamic wide receivers. We haven't even seen much out of Lucas Gordon, uh, that sophomore wide receiver they put out there a lot. So um, I do like Highland Park because um, we're going on the road here, um, but I think that 45-point effort gave them a lot of hope, um, a lot of uh, confidence going into this week four, um, and I think uh, they, they, they feel good. Uh, they feel real good about uh, what they can do. And that defense has really stood up now against Rolling Meadows. Rolling Meadows did some things. Rolling Meadows has been able to do that against a lot of opponents in the past couple of years and score score the football. Uh, but we got to be tighter than that. We, we can't give up 35 points and expend to win too many football games. Uh, before then, I thought um, the Highland Park defense was great against Deerfield and great against their shutout against Leiden week one. Um, it's just... Um, in this one, I think let's let's see it tighten up a little bit. Um, let's see better coverage on the outside and certainly better tackling. I think that was if there were you know there was a downfall against Deerfield, it was tackling. They let up a lot of yardage on the ground and that was missed tackles. So uh, let's let those linebackers finish tackles, give them room to do so, and some help from those secondary guys. Uh, can't whiff um, and give guys open space, which is what they did a little bit against Deerfield. Um, let's. Uh, Attack the football, um, and um, and yeah, just just get them off the field, um, Conan. I think I think this one's uh, uh, a good matchup for Highland Park. All right, so uh, we're going to finish this podcast, this week's podcast. My voice is going, so thank you for bearing with me um, as I did this solo once again. Uh, but uh, we're going to uh, give you some predictions. Nutrier Barrington, I. Man, um, I just got to give it to Barrington in this one. Um, I just, uh, it's going to be a tough one to bounce back from for Nutrier. And Barrington was already um, in a great position. Maybe if Nutrier built some confidence off that week too. Um, I just, this is going to be a tough game for them, um, for Nutrier. And uh, I think Barrington takes it 24 to 17. Um, that's a similar score. That's why I'm hesitating as to what just happened against Conan. But I do believe in that neutral defense a little bit. Um, so I'll just say um, straight up 28 to 20. Um, Barrington takes it. Um, and the Trez move to 1-3, which is going to be tough for them to come back for. But they can. It's just a tough one. But um, that's one where I'll be at. I'll try to get to both that and Highland Park. Speaking of Highland Park, I'll jump into that one for, for um, a quick prediction. I like the way this offense is humming. Um, I like the way I think the defense is going to respond um, uh, to that loss. Uh, I'm sorry, to giving up 35 points. I don't think they like that too much. Um, and I know there's guys with a lot of pride on that defense, and I think they'll bounce back a little bit. So I like I like Highland Park in this one. I think they're going to put up some points again, and um, I think they'll take it, uh, let's say, 35 to 21. Two-score victory. Um, Loyola, I like them a lot in this one, too, on their home field. I'm feeling a big win. I just And I love that defense. Um, I don't think it'll be all that close, to be honest. Like Brother Rice a lot, I just think there's a big difference between uh, the top few teams in the state and maybe the next 7 to 10. 
Loyal is in that first group. Um, brother Rice is in that second group. Um, so I got brother. I got Loyal to win in this game. Um, 45-7. I got a blowout here in Wilmette on Saturday. That's all uh, the news, uh, the sports that are fit for this podcast. Thank you for hanging with me um, for 30-plus minutes here on the podcast and just listen to me chat. Um, if you uh, want to subscribe, head to any of your favorite uh, podcast apps um, and uh, pick us up at the, the Varsity or uh, the Record News and Sports. Uh, give us a, a review if you want. That helps uh, a little bit, I hear. And um, other than that, um, enjoy the football this weekend. Enjoy the beautiful weather. We have a golf outing, too, on Friday, so enjoy that. And uh, I hope you're coming out to that. If not, um, it's going to be a good time. You can read all about it. Uh, but enjoy the football. Enjoy the other sports. Support your local um, preps and youth sports. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.